Isn't it so true? Um, you know, God never promised us that we wouldn't go through storms. We know that we are. We're going to go through storms. We're going to go through difficulties. And uh, I'm reminded about Nehemiah when he said, it's the hand of my God is good. It's good. And, uh, and so uh, Matthew's boys, men, Matthew's men, uh, thank you for that song. I think the last two times y'all have sung, I've had the privilege to follow you up in preaching, and I feel like that takes some thunder from you, so I apologize, all right? And, uh, but Bryce and Tyler, we appreciate y'all being home and getting on the road tomorrow, and so uh, there'll be several people on the road tomorrow. I know Mr. Joanne be driving, and several people will be driving and to go away for spring break, and so be in prayer for uh, those in our church that are away during this time. If you have your Bibles, turn them over to Hebrews chapter number 13. Hebrews chapter number 13, I told Brother Chase in the hallway back there um, that I have returned a little bit to um, how I used to do notes, and uh, I told him, so either we'll be here for about 25 minutes or we'll be here for two hours, and uh, trust me, I'm shooting for the 20 to 25 minutes just as much as you are, all right? Um, I will promise you this much, we will be out before that clock on the back wall hits 6 o'clock, all right? That clock back there says 426, and so I, I, I feel like I can really keep that promise tonight all right and uh, and uh, but I am uh, I'm glad to, to to be in the pulpit tonight and uh, glad to see each of your faces um, I was earlier writing down all the names that uh, were not here this morning even though I tried to tell them if you weren't here uh, that they would hurt my feelings enough that I would write their names down and then call them out from the pulpit at a different time okay we'll just wait for that all right and uh, no I'm just picking a little bit Hebrews chapter number 13 Hebrews chapter number 13 verse number 20 Hebrews chapter 13 verse number 20 says now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever Amen. If you look to verse number 20, I just want to pull really uh, a, a three-word phrase out of here in verse number 20. It says, that brought again. Now the God of peace that brought again. And so I want to give a quick message on the God of again. Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. Lord, I do ask that you would uh, continue to be with our church. Lord, be with our church people. Lord, I know several are out of town this week and are traveling and spending time with family, Lord, and Lord, I'm so grateful that they have the opportunity to do those things. Lord, I do ask that you would uh, bless them as they travel, Lord, that you would keep them safe, Lord, be with the Andrews as they're away, Lord, that we ask that you would keep them safe, Lord, I ask that you would uh, be with us in service tonight, Lord, that you would um, use me in spite of me, Lord, to deliver your word, and Lord, help me to only say what you would have me to say, nothing more and nothing less. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I was just praying that I realized that very oftentimes when I'm preaching, I will pray that very simple phrase, Lord, help me to say nothing more and nothing less. And uh, every time when I get done, I always feel like I said a little bit more than I should have. And, uh, and so we'll be praying again that uh, I don't say more than I should have. And uh, you are praying that I say less than I should have, I'm sure. And, uh, uh, but tonight we see that in verse number 20 uh, from Hebrews chapter 13. It says, now the God of peace that brought again, that brought again. I can't remember uh, what week 
week it was. It was several weeks ago um, as I was listening to the preaching. And yes, I was actually listening to the preaching. I don't just sit over there and slouch in my chair and try not to fall asleep. Okay, I was listening to the preaching just like I hope you were. And uh, in many times when I'm reading through scripture uh, with the pastor or whoever is preaching, um, sometimes the Lord will bring a word out that uh, really just catches my eye. And I'm just so simple-minded and, and that I just can't, I just keep looking at it. And like, yeah, there's got to be something there. It's, and uh, um, and I, I, I'm, that's probably some uh, little bit of immaturity on my part. And uh, it's kind of like the, you know, the, the squirrel, you know, squirrel, it's there, it's somewhere. And I just get really distracted very easy. And, uh, and so, but um, it was just a several, it was several weeks ago that um, pastor was preaching. And uh, I, I, shamefully, I don't even remember what passage of scripture it was. But there was that word again. There was not the word again, but the word again was there again, and uh, and, and so that was funny. You can laugh, and uh, and, and so, but uh, uh, but that there was that word again, and, I, and and I just could not get past it. I was sitting over there and say again, 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 and uh, and so uh, I knew the Lord was was speaking to me about something in particular, and uh, and I believe that's what led to the message tonight. And uh, the God of again, you know, the definition to again is simply once more. And, and I don't know about you, uh, husbands, but I know for me personally that I am so guilty uh, of once more, of once more. I go to the, uh, to the kitchen, and I love to snack. I mean, I love to snack. I can't help it. I just, I, I love to snack. I walk around the church property all day long. I bet nobody gets more steps in on property than I do because I walk around the church property, and I try to find people that have snacks. And, and, uh, and I'll go, and I'll stand by Miss Pam's desk. And I lurked around her desk, and all she's got is like mint chocolate candy. I'm like, no, I'm not going to eat that. And uh, then I'll go over to Miss Shelley's office, and she'll have some peppermints or something of that nature. And uh, then I'll start walking around the school, and maybe Miss Deborah will offer me some food. And uh, Brother Heath never has any good food except for vegetables, so I'm not eating those. And, uh, um, and, uh, and so when he pulls out his carrots or salads, I just, no, that's... I'm not going to his office for snacks, and uh, unless he has a secret drawer there. And, and so I would go into pastor's office, and he always has some fairly decent candy. I just, I love snacking. I just do. I, I think it's biblical. And uh, I don't know where it's at in the Bible, but when I find it, I'll tell you. And, and I love to snack. And, um, and I'll go to the, to, the, to the chip cabinet there that we have, a pool drawer, and I will pull out a bag of chips. You know, it's, it's amazing. Chips are getting so expensive, just like anything else. And uh, um, the big bag of 18, you know, bags of chips in a bag, um, that doesn't last very long at my house. And not only do I love the snack, but I also, my girls have inherited that same trait. Uh, but I'll be sitting there watching the game, and either I'll go to the snack drawer, or Becky's probably over here thinking, Daddy, you don't go to the snack drawer. I'm always like, Rebecca Faith. She's like, yes, sir. What can I do for you, sir? And, uh, and I'm like, Becky, why don't you go and get me a bag of chips? And she will run and go get me a bag of chips. And many times, she'll just bring me back two. I'm like, wait, I didn't even ask for two. And uh, she'll bring me two bags of chips. And I'll sit there and watch whatever I'm watching, read whatever I'm reading, whatever it may, may be. And I'll eat those two chips, two bags of chips. And then all of a sudden, I'll be like, I don't want to be a resp respecter of persons amongst the girls, Emma Ann. And Emma will come over and uh, be like, yes, sir, what can I do for you, sir? And uh, she doesn't really say that. And, uh, and, and so they, and uh, I'm like, hey, can I just get one more bag of chips? Can I just get one more bag of chips? And, and she'll run and bring me a bag of chips. And I'm like, man, that was just so good. And uh, once again, I have a lot of daughters. And so I just feel like I must use them in some capacity. 
and I'll be like twins, come here. And, uh, and so two of them come, and, and they come up, yes, sir, what can we do for you, sir? And, uh, and, and so they get over there, and I'm like, hey, could you go get daddy a couple bags of chips? And so by the end of, of, of this, you know, 10-minute period, I've eaten five bags of chips. And, uh, I, and then I'm like, Diana, and she's like, get it yourself. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, she'd never say that. <laughs> she would. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, man, just, just, just one more. Just one more bag. And, and uh, I mean, I'll, I can be in, in the gym, and, and uh, uh, the girls will be ready to go home, and I have the basketball in my hand, and I'm like, well, here, I'm just going to shoot. And I'm like, okay, well, just give me a second. One more shot. Yeah, well, one more shot. One more shot. One more shot, one more, just once more, once more, once more. And, uh, um, I, and, and look, I guess I just never grew out of it when your kids are little and, and you kids that are in here, uh, you know, mom and dad, would you just give, a, give me 10 more minutes? Would you give me five more minutes? Would you, would you just give me one more minute before I have to go to bed? Just one more again and again. And we're I mean, constantly begging for more. I feel like that, was the story, that is the story of my life. Go to the gas station, get a Diet Coke. I'm back, driving back home. I'm like, well, you know, I kind of want another one. Let's, let's run that back again. And, uh, and so again is a good word to me, okay? I meant this, all that to say that it's a good word. Once more, another time, anew, in addition to, uh, back, in return, in reply. And, uh, and, and I truly believe uh, reading this definition, it helps us to understand uh, that we, when we look that here in, in Hebrews where it says, now the God of peace, that brought again. It's saying that, that he's bringing once more, again and again. Again and again, and, and it is just a reminder that God is not a God of limits. You know, you know uh, Numbers chapter 11, verse 23 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Is the Lord's hand waxed short? And, uh, and the, the boys say, the men sang that great song here just a minute ago. God's hand is not waxed short. It, it is not insufficient. It is in great supply. And, 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 it, it, and it has no limits to what it can do. And, and he is the God of again. He is not the God of, of limits. Psalm 147, 5 says, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. It, it just means to go, it's limitless. It's, it, it's, it's, it's abundant. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I love that phrase. I love it. And I don't love this microphone. It never stays on my ear very good. And I move around too much. I apologize. And I also apologize every time I preach, somebody asks me, would you please slow down? I can't. I don't know how to. I'm trying, okay? And, uh, and so, but uh, I am trying. I promise I'm trying. And, but I love that phrase here in Ephesians that says, exceeding abundantly. Is that good English for the Michael? Good? Okay. It doesn't just say abundantly. It could have said that, and we would have been like, amen, amen. But it says exceeding abundantly. Once again, just a, a reminder that it's without limits. And God is a God that is without limits. You know what does limit God? Us. We limit God. Psalm 78 verse 40 through 43 says, How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness? I feel like that is the story of my life. How oft do I provoke God? And grieve him in the desert. I mentioned this verse, these verses, I believe, last time I preached. Yea, they turned back and tempted God 
what does it say? And limited the Holy One of Israel. They remembered not his hand, nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. They limited God. It says, and limited the Holy One of Israel. I don't know about you, but in my Christian life, I don't want to limit God. I'm a very limited person because I am human. You are a very limited person because you are human. But the one who is not limited is God himself. He is the God of again. I have three quick points, and then we'll be done, and we'll see how fast we get through it, all right? And uh, uh, three things that, that I would love for the Lord to do again through us. The first thing is I love God to show us his power again. I love God to show us his power again. I know there are things that I preach on often, and God's power is probably one of them. Why? Because I just can't get over it. Brother Jack mentioned it this morning before he preached and how appropriate it was. Would you just pray that God would do something great in service? That God would do something powerful in your life? God, would you show us your power again? You say, why do you know, Brother Nate, that he'll do that again? I think one of the best ways to, 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 to mention this, and Brother Jack, I got worried this morning when you started to mention it just a little bit, and, uh, but it's the look at how God parted the waters, how he parted the waters. And I'll just read these for sake of time. I, I know you all will say amen to that, all right? And uh, I, the first one that we see in regards to the parting of the waters is Moses. In Exodus 14, 21, it says, And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. We know the passage of Scripture. It was mentioned last week in service. Uh, it was mentioned this morning. And, and here were the children of Israel. They get to uh, the Red Sea, and they can't cross. Why? Because it, 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 the waters are moving, and they need God to be powerful for them. And, and they need to God to do a mighty work in, in, in their mix. And here he, here he does that. Moses extends his hand, stretches out his hand over the sea, and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. But look also in Joshua, Joshua chapter 3, verse 15 and 16 says, And as they bare the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bare of the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his bank all the time of harvest. And I'm, I'm just going to stop reading there. Most of us know the story, and, and we know what happened. What happened? God parted the waters again. And I just happen to believe that a, a, a big reason why that was is because you know who was at the first parting of waters? Joshua. Joshua was there. And no doubt he remembered that day. Who could forget if you were there when God parted the Red Sea? That, that, that image would be in your mind and you would no doubt not be able to get rid of it. And, and, and of, of the walls of the sea uh, going up on both sides and the dry land. And I always think, thank goodness it was dry land. I don't know if you've ever tried to walk in, 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 uh, in, on land that the waters had just receded from. You just sink all the time. You can't move very fast. And, and so God did a full miracle in that regards. And, uh, and, and and no doubt he remembered those things. And here they are trying to cross over into Jordan. And what, is, what, what do I think that he's asking? I think Joshua is very simply asking, Lord, would you do it again? 
Would you do that again? Lord, I know there's no limits to your power. Lord, I know there's no limits to how many times you'll do that. And man, how oftentimes do we treat God just like he is some genie in a bottle? Uh, and that, that uh, when we get our Bible and, we, and after we get saved, you know, they pass us our Bible and our ties and our tie clips to those that are really good Christians. I don't have one. And, uh, um, and, and we get our pens and everything else and, and we're ready to go. We are in the Christian army and uh, we're ready to serve. And, and then we're given. And by the way, here are your three wishes to God. And, and there's only a limit to those. And this is all that you can use. And this is all that you can, can, can come to the Lord by. No, the God, God is limitless. limitless. His hand is not, not, not shortened. His hand is good and his hand is powerful. And he will do it again and again and again. And Joshua here, he gets to Jordan and says, Lord, would you receive the waters again? I know you've done it before. Can you please just do it again? But that's not the only time. Once again, it, it, it wasn't just limited to that. We also can see it from Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 8. It says, And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters, and they were divided hither and thither, so that they too went over on dry ground. You know who else knew about the waters parting? Elijah. So he comes to the river, he takes his mantle, and he smokes the water. I say, what are you doing that for? That's probably what Elijah was, Elisha was thinking. I don't know, what are you doing that for? Trying to get the fish to come up? Are we going to catch some fish? What are we going to do? No. What was Elijah asking God to do? When he smoked the waters, all he was asking was, Lord, would you do it again? Lord, I know you're, you're powerful. Show it to me again. And I love this chapter in scripture. Uh, we'll skip down to chapter 14 or verse 14 in here in just a minute. And, uh, um, and in this chapter is the, is the famous chapter that Elisha is talking to Elijah. And uh, Elijah says, says, ask anything of me. And, and uh, we know what Elisha asked. He asked for a double portion. And Elijah tells him, well, this is a hard thing. But if you're with me when I'm taken up, that this will, this will be done. And I'm paraphrasing. And uh, if you're not, it won't. And then we see where Elijah was caught up out in a whirlwind. And the Bible says that Elisha went and he rent his, his coat in two. And there he picked up the mantle. And we pick it up in verse number 14. It says, and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. Okay, did you see verse number eight? It says, and they were divided hither and thither. So the two of them went over on dry ground. And here in just uh, six verses later here, it says, and when he'd also smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. Now, I don't know what's in the mind of Elisha. I really don't. But I just have, I just, you know, I, I can't help it. I have a, a, a vivid, vivid imagination, and, uh, and I just consider Elisha, and there he is. He's with this mantle, and he's like, I wonder what this button does. This is what I have. Elijah had this. You know what I just saw Elijah do? I just saw him smoke the waters, and he went across. The water, the water went hither and thither. Say, where was that? I don't know. Hither and thither. That's what the Bible says. And Elisha gets up and he says, you know what? I got the mantle now. I asked for a double portion. And it said it would be done. If I was there and, I'm, and I was here, I was there. I, I, I was there when God took him. So I must have that double portion. 
And so waters were smitten, hither and thither. I think Elisha probably looked at the man and went, huh, cool. That's what I would have done. And, uh, and, and he says, hey, God, what, is he, what was he asking? Just what I've been saying the entire time. He was asking the Lord to do it again. How often times in scripture do you read a, a story? And I know I mention these things all the time when I get a chance to preach. But how often times when you're reading your Bible and you read about David, you read about Moses, you read about Abraham, you read about Paul, and you read about Peter, and you read about all these different, different uh, people in scripture, and you see the great and mighty things that God's used them in. You read about Daniel and so forth and so on. And, and when you get done reading in your prayers, you say, Lord, would you do that again? Where is that button that I can unlock such great faith as Daniel? Where is that button that I can follow God wherever he may send like Abraham? Where is that button? It's right here. And you just got to ask God, Lord, would you please just do it again? He is the God of again. Lord, would you show me your power again? Please, Lord. How oftentimes do we beg him just, and oftentimes we, if we can remember back to when we were children and we would beg our parents, oh, just one more, can I just have one more cookie? Can I just have one more, whatever it may be? And, and we'll stay there until we almost get what we want. How oftentimes do we do that to the Lord and say, Lord, would you please just do it once more? Once more. Please, Lord, would you do it again? It's there to be had. God wants you to have it. Can you do it again? And we know the answer is he can. Show us thy power again, Lord. Also, hurrying. Show us thy compassion again, Lord. Turn with me, if you would, to Judges chapter 16. Judges chapter 16. Once again, a pretty familiar passage of scripture here Samson has been taken by the Philistines Samson has played with the world and the world does what the world does the world has done to him what the, what the world does taking everything from him he's blind he's captive but verse number 22 says something. It says, How be it? The hair of his head began to grow again. After he was shaven. How be it that the, the hair of his head began to grow again? I know what some of you are thinking. Thinking, Brother Nate, are you about to tell us the secret to have great hair, I'm not. I wish I could. And I can tell you the products that I use, but I don't know if you want that. And, uh, but here we find familiar passage of scripture. We know where Samson is in his life. Samson has fallen of his own accord. Samson has given into the lustfulness in his life. And he is taken by the Philistines, given a nice, clean buzz cut, made as nothing but a mockery towards God. But verse 22 is in the Bible, by the way. It's there. I just read it. It says, how be it? 
Meaning, the story's not over yet. How be it? The story's not over yet. The hair on his head began to grow again. Lord, would you just give us thy, thy, thy compassion again? When it's times that we have given into our flesh and we have fallen into the temptation of the world. Maybe that is your testimony tonight in yourself and you're sitting in these pews. Maybe it's the first time you've been to church in a while or, or maybe you've just been sitting in the pews so far away from God and, and, and you have been tangled up by the world and you are captive by the world and the world has taken and it has blinded you to the things of God and it's taken all the power away from your life and, and, and given you a fresh buzz cut and, and, and humiliated you and just as sin will do eventually, sin will eventually humiliate you if anybody that has ever messed with it will tell you the exact same thing, sin will, will eventually bring forth death. We know that's what the Bible says. But can I tell you, how be it? The story's not over yet. If you're still breathing, the hair on his head, it began to grow again. And, and there was going to come a short time where Samson would pray, Lord, just one more time, Lord, Lord, that you would just give me power one more time, that you would use me one more time and give me one more chance. And in that... He had a greater victory than all his other victories. Again, would you show us thy compassion again? Say, well, it's not my first time. Glad you said that. Not only Samson, but also the just man. Proverbs 24, 16, for a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. I wish that we weren't flesh. Brother Jack, you mentioned about heaven this morning. He said there's no death in heaven. You know what else isn't in heaven? Sin. You know what that means? That means I don't have to get disappointed by my own self. And uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a very verbal person. And there will sometimes when I mess up, and I know I have messed up, and, and uh, it, it just bothers me. It bothers me. And, and I'll go and I'll be brushing my teeth in front of the mirror and it's just, it's just sick to my stomach because I know what, what, what I have allowed the devil to do in my life. And I'll, and I'll basically look at myself sometimes and say, but Nate, you're weird. I know. That's okay. And uh, I look at myself sometimes and say, why have you gotten into that? Why did you fall into that? Why have you given into that? Don't be a dummy. I was playing basketball with a uh, guy on Thursday night afterwards, and uh, um, I had went to the paint. This was before our Friday night game. I was over here at William Carey, and, um, and I had missed a pretty easy shot. And I said, Nate Harris, you idiot. And he looked at me. He goes, my name's not Nate Harris. I said, I know. My name's Nate Harris. And he was like, oh, okay. And, uh, and, and so, um, but uh, we fall. We mess up. But God is a God of again. And our agains are only limited by us. For a just man falls seven times and rises up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. I think one of the greatest stories of restoration in Scripture is Peter. And we know that Peter could run a little hot sometimes. I think we all love Peter in Scripture because he reminds us of us. I mean, he's got a problem, he's hot headed. He can't control his tongue. He says things that he shouldn't. And uh, uh, when, when the 
centurions come, he just takes the sword and cuts his ear off. Like, no, he ain't doing that. And, I mean, I like Peter, all right? And uh, uh, we, all, we all, you know, we identify with his bad sides. But we also know that Peter denied the Lord three times. Just distraught. Yet in Mark chapter 16, verse number 7, this is after Jesus rises again. It says, but go your way. Tell his disciples. Once again, I just believe that every verse, every word in the Bible is important. And how it's paraphrased is also important. But go your way. Tell his disciples. What does it say there? And Peter. And Peter. No doubt Peter thought, after the third time, I'm done. I don't, I don't know how God will ever use me again. I have literally denied him before men. No doubt, he'll never use me again. Not only did I deny him, but I cursed when I was doing it just to make it real. He must have thought it felt good too, Brother Jack. God is never going to use me again. And yet here is the Lord says, tell my disciples. And Peter. Meaning, I haven't forgot about you. I'll use you again and again. Tonight, I, I know that, and I don't like bringing up all the events of the last few years. But one thing I do know. There's a lot of used to's in church. There's a lot of used to's in church. I'll talk to people out in the world, and they'll say, I used to go to church. I say, well, why don't you come back? Come to church. I'd love to have you. Oh, you don't know. No, no. And I want to say their name and whatever their name is. God could still use you again. I'll talk to people in church about something and they'll say, and I'm talking about people that are still physically able and they'll say something and I think it's some of the saddest phrases. Oh, I used to do that. I used to be involved. I used to sing in the choir. I used to help usher. I used to work in the nursery. I used to work on the bus. I used to do all these different things. What about again? God is the God of again. You say, but it, a lot has changed since then. I know one thing that hasn't. He can still use you. He wants to still use you. Lord, show us thy compassion again. And then lastly, and I'll just mention it. I hope, I hope, honestly, we all pray this every day to the Lord. I know the world is a terrible place. And I believe, like many of you, that the Lord's return, because he said he was coming again, is imminent. I truly believe that. But in the meanwhile, can we pray that the Lord would revive us again?
Psalm 85, 6. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Psalm 80, 19. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. Psalm 51, 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew, another word for again, a right spirit within me. Lord, would you revive us again? I love hearing some of you more seasoned people in our church talk about the great miracles that have been experienced here at Central. I love talking to you about that. It never gets old. I, I, I honestly mean that. And I believe you should talk about it. But Lord, would you revive us again? Would you turn us again? Would you make in me a clean heart? Make me anew? Lord, could you do that again? See, I'll stand up here and just as I did, and I'll holler about power and the power of God and all those things, and everybody will say amen. I'll talk about God being a God of restoration, and everybody will say amen. But God being a God of revival, and everybody says, probably not. I'm just, once again, saying too much. That's what I'm good at. And this goes into deathly quiet mode. Lord, would you revive us again? Would you do something uh, great in our church and in our hearts? Lord, would you do that again? Would you turn me again? And we'll say, I don't know if he can do that. The answer to that always is, is, well, well, brother, don't you know what's going on in Russia? Mm -hmm. In the Ukraine? Mm -hmm. I do, I do. Okay, it's there. Lord... Do you know what's going on in the Ukraine with Russia? Oh, yeah, he knows too. Good, just checking. I'm sorry, I, I didn't realize that that was a prerequisite to not have revival. Lord, would you revive us again? I think so oftentimes we get so caught up in studying some of these events and trying to put the dots together that we fail to do the thing that he's called us to do. I think there's a song that says, we'll work till Jesus comes. I think that's what it said. Yes, you say, but they, should, should you know about those things? Absolutely, study him. Blessed is the man that reads, reads out of the, these words, okay? You should. But even in the midst of that, Lord, I know you brought again to us. Or would you give us thy power again maybe you're away from him maybe there'll be a time in the future that you're away from him and I hope that's not the case I hope you remember Lord would you show me your compassion again I feel like that's the story of my life Lord it's me again messed up <laughs> said something I shouldn't have in haste Lord, would you show us thy compassion again? And then, Lord, would you revive us again? 
wonder how oftentimes those of us that have children, we go to the Lord and say, Lord, would you revive us again? Lord, if you don't, I don't know what it waits. That one and those two. And that one, there she is. You just spread out all over the place. But Lord, would you revive us? Would you do it again? You say, Renate, I've, I've come down to the altar and I've tried to give all those things to the Lord and I've fallen back. Okay, I'm gonna give you a clue tonight. Come do it. Again. Again. 